0: Hi there. Welcome to Ask Away, a podcast where kids uh, can ask anything about the Bible. This is Peyton. And I'm Riley. Uh, As always, we're here with my mom. Her name is Meredith. Hi. Together, we'll tell a Bible story. And we kids will jump in along the way to ask away about the, what they notice, wonder about, and think is weird. Then we'll talk about some great questions kids like you sent in after the show. We hope you'll send us a question, too. Yep. And we'll tell you
1: how at the end of the show. The Bible's pretty amazing because it helps us know who God is. But it can also be confusing and new and really different from how things are in our world now. So we want you to know that when it comes to the Bible,
0: everything, every question is okay. And you can ask away.
1: So what story are we doing today? Esther? Esther. Uh, do you know if Esther is found in the Old Testament or the New Testament of the Bible? I'm um, guess okay. old. You are correct in guessing old. It is an Old Testament story. Old Testament stories happen before Jesus was on earth. And Esther is an entire book of the Old Testament. It's not terribly long. It's about eight chapters to tell this story. It is what's called an exile story. Exile is when God's people were taken over and away from their land and they ended up living with somebody else as king. In this case, we have King Xerxes of Persia and he is in charge and God's people, the Jewish people live under his authority. I I just noticed
0: something funny in Peyton's computer game civilization he's met Persia as just the king is
1: Darius First. there yes that would be another familiar one from from the history he, uh, and I have and I have Nebuchadnezzar from Babylon who we meet in Daniel and the Lions Den Interestingly, Daniel in the Lion's Den is also an exile story. And there are really interesting ways that these two stories feel similar to each other. They both have kings. They both have advisors. And those advisors want power for themselves. And so they're not always very good guys. Kind of like Jafar. Kind of like Jafar in Aladdin. They both have heroes. And and we both want to do them on the podcast. That's true. So today we're doing Esther. And King Xerxes of Persia is over the land and God's people live in exile. He has a queen. Her name is Queen Vashti. And the story begins with King Xerxes at a big fancy party showing off his big fancy things to all the fancy people who like to be in his fancy presence. And then he decides, you know what other thing I want to show off? My queen. And he asks for Queen Vashti to come on out to show her off like all of his other fancy things. Because that's probably kind of how he saw her. But you know what Queen Vashti did that day? It was unbelievable. It was unthinkable. She said no. She said no. (laughs) How dare she? (laughs) She said no. Well, you know what this means? Vashti's out. And the big question becomes, who's in? What does that mean? That she's out? Yeah. She was kicked out of the kingdom. So she went and lived I don't know where. We never hear from her as a character again. But she gone. So the only thing we ever hear from her is the word no. Nope. And I don't even think she actually gets to speak for herself in the story. I think it's just like a message that comes to the king through a messenger that says, yeah, she ain't going to do that. So that's how it kind of worked at that point. You had kings that could do whatever they want. In fact, the ability of the king to do whatever he wanted is going to be pretty important a little bit later on in our story. Well, now we have a queen... Uh, Vacancy. There is an opening for another queen. And so King Xerxes decides we'll go on a little queen hunt. We are big fans in this family of the Disney movie, The Emperor's New Groove. Yes. When Emperor Cusco needs to find a bride, what does he say? Trot, Trot out the out ladies. ladies. Trot out the ladies. And that is really similar to what King Xerxes says as well. And in the end, there is someone who wins. Now, we're also going to meet another character. His name is Mordecai. He's part of God's people, a Jewish person, and his family was exiled a couple of generations earlier. So he wasn't alive for that. But his great-grandpa, or someone like that, was part of the first group taken away from the land. Mordecai has a cousin who's much younger than him, and her name is Esther. And Mordecai has raised Esther like his own daughter. Now, Esther, she wins the spot to be the new queen. She gets picked. And on the advice of Mordecai, she keeps one very important thing about her quiet. That she is also Jewish. That she's part of God's people. She didn't reveal her ethnic background to King Xerxes. Fast forward and one day... Mordecai is hanging out in the courts where the king lives when he overhears some soldiers who are really upset with the king make a plot to kill him. Mordecai reports this plot and saves the king. And all of this gets recorded in a fancy book called The Book of the History of King Xerxes' Reign. I don't know if you're supposed to say it like that, but I feel like you should. Is that really what it was called? That is really what it was called. The Book of the History of King Xerxes' Reign. What happens when he dies? Well, then you get a book of the history of the new guy's reign. Mm. Yeah. So Great. was there's like a book of history of King Darius I's reign? Probably so. Kings really like to have things focus all around them. Now it's time to meet the villain of our story, Haman. Boo. Hiss. Haman is an advisor to the king like Jafar. Jafar. We also see advisor characters in other stories from the exile, like in Daniel. Haman just got promoted. That means he gets a more important job with more power than before. And part of the benefit of this job is that everyone in the kingdom now has to bow to him and show him honor. So everybody does it. And Haman likes it. Except for one person who doesn't do it want to guess who uh esther Ooh, good guess but it's not esther this time mordecai it is mordecai esther at this point is living in like the palace does esther have to because she's a queen she probably would because being a woman might mean she has less power than haman who's a man even though she's a queen and he's an advisor That's my guess. But I have a feeling they didn't cross paths very much overall. Because you see, the women that were part of the palace, they had um, rooms that they were in. And they did not uh, mix and mingle with the rest of the community anymore. They were kind of like the king's prizes, treasures. They didn't get to be out and about. And in fact, the reality that the women were supposed to sort of stay in the place that was for them, is going to be really important in just a little while. Now, Peyton, you were right. Just like you guessed, it's Mordecai who does not bow or show respect to Haman, which naturally Haman is like, oh, no, that's cool. I totally understand. No big deal. Right? No. No. Because what do we know about people in power?
0: They often don't want to lose it, and they often, if they do lose it, they they like to have the most power they can while they have it.
1: Exactly. So Haman gets real big mad. And he wants revenge, not just on Mordecai, but all the Jewish people. Every one of them. He hatches a plan and gets the king to issue a decree, like a new law, a command. Something that cannot be changed or broken because that's the power of the king. And this decree says that on a particular date in the future... Everyone is supposed to destroy all the Jewish people. Now, naturally, the people hear this and they feel terrified and incredibly sad. What was going to become of them? Was this the end of God's people? Now, one really interesting thing about this particular book of the Bible is that God isn't named in it. Even though it's a story about God's people and helps shape who they think God is, God isn't a character this time. God's kind of behind the scenes. And so that's going to be interesting for us later on.
0: If, If you're
1: wondering if it will be the end, no, it will not
0: be because, of course, this is the Old Testament. There has to be a New Testament. For the New Testament, there has to be more of
1: God's people. If you were living in this story, what do you think you might be thinking about god right now or wondering about god right now
0: i'd be wondering if he would be able to
1: save us from from what that particular date yeah yeah me too what might you be praying about if you were talking to god about this what might it sound like to you what would you say i I would like like help
0: help people escape or be able to fight back or help some miracle to to stop this
1: yeah yeah I love that you chose the word miracle because sometimes when we think about miracles we think that that means God is going to do something and it's just going to be God that does it and I do think in a lot of ways this is a miracle story and yet God's not going to be a character which means we're about to see how God does indeed perform a miracle through a person and I think that's actually something God does kind of a lot like Moses in the burning bush like Moses in the burning bush through a person because God really really likes to do things with people Mordecai and Esther they begin to send messages to one another from the palace to the courtyards and the courtyards to the palace and Mordecai says to Esther you need to go to the king you need to see what you can do to help us Esther sends a message back to Mordecai and says, that is really dangerous. You have to remember, I'm not allowed to go to the king by myself, which is true. The king has to ask to see her. If she goes to the king without being requested, the king could have her killed. And Mordecai sends a message back reminding her, nobody's safe now, not even you, not even in the palace. And then he says, and this is how the Bible puts it, he says, Who knows? Perhaps you become queen for such a time as this. And so Esther asks the people to join her in fasting and praying. Fasting is a practice where people sometimes skip a meal or they change what they're eating for a while. And that change helps remind them to pray about something. Or even perhaps it reminds them how God takes care of them in the same way food takes care of our bodies. So it's like a concrete thing they can do. So for three days, they fasted and prayed. And Esther made a plan of her own to try and thwart Haman's plan. She will ask the king to a series of fancy dinners a few nights in a row and try to get him on her side. And then at the end, she'll ask him to fix this somehow. But first, she has to approach the king. And the king extends his scepter, which is the sign that she can be there. He asks what she wants and she begins to invite him to the first fancy dinner to unfold her plan. After this first dinner comes a night when the king can't sleep. And he asks for a bedtime story (laughs) about himself. (laughs) The book of the history of King Xerxes' reign is read And he is reminded, because of that, that there was this time that Mordecai saved him and they did nothing to honor and thank him. But how? How to fix this? The king asks Haman's advice. What should be done to honor someone? If the king wants to honor them and Haman thinks, oh, me, it's for me. I get all the honor. And so Haman reveals all that he would want to honor himself. And Xerxes says, I love it. Do it for Mordecai. Ooh, Haman's mad, but he has to. And so Haman does all of these things to honor Mordecai. And all the while, oh, he grows in hating him. He hates him so much. The night of the final fancy dinner arrives. This is it. And at the end of the meal, the king asks Esther, what do you want? And she tells him everything. Who she really is. A Jewish woman, her whole ethnic identity, How the decree that he has given is against her own people. How Haman has brought along a plot that is going to damage all of them. And Xerxes believes her. That's the end of Haman. And he issues a decree on top of his old decree. That the Jewish people can defend themselves in any way they'd like. And so instead of a tragic day, there ends up being a holiday that celebrates how they were saved. So that's how the story ends, with celebration and joy when they thought there would be so much sorrow. And this is where I'd love to ask you guys, even though God isn't a character in the story, what do you think Esther's story shows us about who God is or what God's like? It's kind of hard to say.
0: Yeah. It, like, you, you can like get the idea and get the impression, but you
1: can't really explain it. I know. I think about, Riley, what you said about miracles. This story tells me that God sometimes does miracles through people. Yeah. I think about what you said you'd pray for, that God would what? Help stop the this tragic day somehow. So that would mean God is a helper? Yeah. That God saves?
0: I've got a question. Yep, make sure you can hear here. Why didn't he just make a decree that says that last decree was not a decree anymore?
1: (laughs) That is a great question. Why not just decree that the old decree is not a decree? Except that would mean admitting he was wrong. And do people with power like to admit they were wrong? No. No. No one
0: likes to admit they were wrong. They don't. No
1: one does. That's really true. And I think that's a clue for why not. Even though at the end Xerxes does something that is the right thing and a helpful thing, he's still fundamentally a king who loves all the power. And I think that's really unlikely he'd admit that he was wrong, even though that might have been an even better way to handle it. Do you guys have any other thoughts, questions, things you noticed?
0: That reminds me of a Captain Underpants book I read, where like they, where they vowed something for the future, but and then like George and Harold t- went to the future and they realized what they vowed was like do something bad, and so they and so like George was like, I think we need to vow a new vow, the unvows so the old vow we just vow, and George and and, and Harold was like, let's get vowing.
1: <laughs>
0: oh, I love
1: it. Now it's time for an awesome kid question. This question comes from Christian, who's nine. Hi, my name is Christian and
0: I'm nine and I live in Lake Zurich, Illinois. And my question is, if when you go up to heaven, would you be able to tell what's going on down in earth?
1: Well, you have asked a question that nobody knows the answer to how things work after somebody has died and gets to be with God is a mystery. What we know is that we get to be in God's love and that all is good forever, but we don't really know how God makes that happen. There are two things that I think are interesting about how people think about it. One group thinks No, we probably don't know what's happening on earth because what we do know about life with God in heaven is how it feels and how it matches God, that it is joyful, that there's no more pain or sadness. So that would mean that since the world still has the pain and the sadness right now, God is not done making all things well yet. Well, then people must not know about those parts. And really, people wouldn't need to necessarily know what was still happening on earth because what they could do is enjoy being with a God who can be trusted to fix it all. There are other people who wonder if maybe after we die, the next thing we know is being with God, but maybe that doesn't actually happen immediately. Maybe it feels like immediately, but in the meantime, the world has gone on and people have been waiting. Sometimes when Paul writes letters in the Bible, he kind of makes it talk like people are waiting for Jesus to come back, and then we all come alive again, and the world is all well. But the fact is, nobody really knows. And when it's a mystery, that can be really neat, because we get to say, I wonder if. I wonder if it works like this. Maybe it works like that. We don't have to be right or wrong. What we do know is that God has promised, because Jesus is alive, that everything will be well and that we get to enjoy the presence of God forever.
0: Now it's your turn. What did you notice when out a think was wheel Record your question as a direct message on Instagram. Send it as an email to askwaypodcast at gmail.com or leave it as a box of message. Where there is as ask away podcast be sure to tell us your first name and age grown-ups it would help us a lot if you would rate review and subscribe to the show also pre-order my mom's book it's called woven and i haven't read it but it's probably good (laughs) thanks for listening and we'll see you next time Bye. bye bye bye